hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Sucker Time. The number one award-seeking comedy podcast about comedy. Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast podcaster, Mark Hershaw. Guess what? It's me, Mark Hershaw. Once again, your host and floor walker for Epi 116E of Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast. And I'm still camped out in the Squarespace Podcast Lab at the fourth annual Los Angeles Podcast Festival. This is the fifth in a lineup of Succotash Chats mini-sodes, and for those of you curious about the mindset behind both the L.A. Podfest and Earbuds, the podcast documentary, I leapt at the chance to interview Chris Mancini, heavily involved in both of those endeavors. Chris is co-host of the well-respected Comedy Film Nerds podcast, along with Graham Elwood, and the duo is also the brains and muscle behind Earbuds. Plus, they are one half of the quartet that has pulled together the Los Angeles Podcast Festival the past four years, teamed with Dave Anthony and Andy Woods. We talk about the movie, the festival, and what other projects Chris has simmering on the back, middle, and front burners of a mind that never seems to be at rest. I hope you're enjoying our lineup of interviews from the PodFest. There's more on the way later today, so check back frequently for updates. And thanks for passing the Succotash. Chris Mancini at the Succotash Microphones. How are you? Doing great. Glad to see you here every single year. I like your tweets, too, where you say, I'm on the way to, pod- <laughs> Absolutely. to the PodFest. Absolutely. Do you like that Photoshop thing with the station wagons? The great. The because the, re- the reason I loved it is because there was a split second where I thought it was a real photo. <laughs> I'm like, why? And then, wow, I didn't realize uh, you had such an old car and a family. So, <laughs> And you're bringing them to the festival. That's right, because it's a great place for kids. Yeah. It's like Vegas, a great place to bring the kids. Uh, so I had the uh, the honor of watching Earbuds, the podcast documentary, last night. At yes, at the screen. preview screening. Yes, yes, the preview screening, which you guys really are emphasizing. It's yes. a preview There's screening. There's a lot of rules with distribution. It was a preview screening. Yes, um, but it was great. I love the fact because I was just involved uh, very sort of peripherally with a, uh, pod, or a uh, documentary that was done in San Francisco called uh, Three Still Standing about three comedians uh, that have been around since the 80s, and they never really kind of got really, really big, but they're still making a living doing it. And, you know, it's, it's finding that story with all that footage you guys must have, right? I mean, you don't go into a documentary going, we know exactly what we're going to do, right? I mean, you guys, It's pretty rare. Yeah, yeah. So, so that you guys found some really compelling stories that you're then able to tease out. Particularly, in fact, you guys had to do some globetrotting to tease these out. It we sure did. Yeah. It wasn't like, let's just go to... You know, LAX and wait for people to fly in. We'll talk right. to them about how how do you listen to podcasts in Australia? Yeah, you went to Australia. We did. Yeah, went to Australia and Japan. And uh, since we're in the Squarespace lab, one of the reasons we were able to do that is because Squarespace helped us out with the movie, and basically that was our travel budget. Oh, nice. Yeah, they uh, they helped us get uh, overseas. So even though you know you found the stories in the footage that you got, what was your intention going into the movie originally? What what were you hoping it was going to be. What we wanted to do is we, we didn't we had some ideas for specific storylines, obviously with like Sinai, uh, but mainly we started more with a theme because it would have been easy just to interview comedians and Mark Barron, you know, and Aisha Tyler, and just go, hey, how do you love podcasting? You first work in, but that wouldn't have been a compelling film. Um, what we wanted to do was explore the theme um, of the 
personal relationship between the podcasters and fans that didn't exist in any other medium until now. And that's what was so interesting and what we really wanted to explore. And to do that, you can't just interview comedians. You actually have to go and talk to the fans and find out who's listening, why, and why it means so much to them and why they're making this connection. And that's what we wanted to explore in the film. Interesting. How difficult was it to reach out to the fans themselves and get them engaged and wanting to be involved? It wasn't difficult at all um, because with the podcast community, they were like willing to help. And one of the reasons I think it was easier is because we had done the Kickstarter. So the fans were the ones that funded it. They were already aware of it. Uh, and also, some a lot of podcasters funded it as well. It was really a community effort from start to finish. It was uh, funded by comedians and podcasters. It stars comedians and podcasters. Um, and that's what was so interesting about it, where you know we, we started here and we sent out pretty much a call of like, hey, we're going to be in this city. Come on down to be interviewed. And um, then we tried to get as many people as we could, but then there was also people that we'd email and go, you know, I'm in Boston. When are you coming here? I'm like, well, we're not coming to every city. You know, <laughs> that's impossible. Right. Um, so, and there's, there's a tons and tons of footage. We probably overshot the movie. There's tons of footage and interviews that we just couldn't use um, for, for a time perspective. But I think what we're going to have is a lot of DVD extra <laughs> material and nice. some stuff we'll throw up on YouTube to kind of support the film and kind of show more stuff. Like, there's a, there's an entire segment of uh, Mark Marin talking about um, the podcast... Um, uh, the podcast patent troll issue. Yes. And, you know, there was just no room for it in the film. We'll probably make that like a DVD extra. It's very compelling, and it's just Mark Maron talking about it on his own. Uh, I am, believe I'm going to be called upon to review the preview screening uh, on uh, the Chill Pack Hollywood Hour with Dean and Phil on Monday. Yes. They're going to call me. Now, they, one of the things they wanted to know was, you know, how much are they in the movie? They're actually in the movie yes. technically quite a bit, although we never actually hear from them. No, no. They're, uh, if, you, if you actually add up the footage, you realize they're probably in every act. They're in the beginning. They're in the middle. Yes. Because they're even in Sean Merrick's story when Sean has his arm around That's uh, right. Dean. <laughs> so what you could do is tell them that every time we shot them, there was a sound issue, uh, and we didn't get their dialogue. Beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. And I, I appreciate the fact that I actually have a few frames as well yes, in the podcast yes. lab sequence. And, and one of the things we wanted to do, too, like even as we do what's called B-roll, which is when someone's not talking the, uh, to cover um, you know, the, the world, is we wanted to... Um, show a lot of the podcasts that we never we didn't necessarily have time to actually show the actual interview like uh, when we went all over the place there's even there's podcasters uh the mediocre show that we saw in, yes. in pennsylvania they um you know we got them a little bit in b-roll we tried to include as much many people as we could even if it was just for a couple seconds yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I, we think that's important that's that's the whole community aspect oh i think so i think so so What's the next step in terms of getting this thing closer to distribution? We're um, what we're going to do is we're, since that was a preview screening, we still have to finish up. Uh, it's called color correction, sound mixing, and we have to. Um, we're going to review it a little bit more and kind of get like a, a, basically a tighter film, maybe cut a little bit here and there, but not much. Uh, most of it's, it's, it's going to remain. And after that, we're going to play some film festivals, and then we're going to look at distribution. But we're not really that worried about it, to be honest, because. Comedy Film Arts has its own distribution. I mean, we can we can distribute DVDs and film digitally, and 
we already have dis- distributors interested in it, but it has to be a good deal. Like, you know, there's a, you hear, everyone hears stories about, oh my gosh, distributor, we made no money. And I'm like, well, we know what these bad deals look like, because Graham and I have been filmmakers for years. We, if we don't like one, we're going to ignore it, and we're just yeah. going to do it ourselves, because it started that way. But, the, to be practical, um, we're, we're not... Um, excluding any options. If there is a good distributor that we really like and that we can work well together, it can be a partner. And we, like I said, we've already started uh, the discussion with them. Um, I think we will explore that as well. We're just, we're, we're not dead set on anything and we're not leaving any options off the table. Okay. As a guy who literally wrote the book on being a comedy film nerd, yes. uh, how difficult is it to remove that crit- critic hat when you're actually shooting and putting together a movie? Or is it always in place as sort of a filtering mechanism? You know, it's always in place, but it does get in the way, especially in the editing process, because you see the footage over and over again. You, sometimes you lose perspective on pacing, what's funny, what's not funny, and you're just not sure until you have an audience see the film for the first time, and then you know, you get a better, much better idea of what works and what, what doesn't. Um, so, you know, I was watching it again last night with a very critical eye, and I'm like, okay, well, that could be trim, that could be here, you know, this, there's a sound jump right there, you know, and it's very difficult to turn that off, but, you know, we're in a unique position where we're a film podcast, and we always complain about movies being too long. We can't make ours too long. Right, so, yeah. <laughs> we got to be, be careful, but it's just pretty close. It's at about an hour 45, and that's probably where it's going to end up. Okay. As long as it's under two hours, we're happy. Well, that's cool. One of the things I, I, I liked about the way the film is set was it seemed to me like it would be very accessible for people that haven't discovered podcasting yet or they've heard about it. I mean, the way you set it up with people just admitting they don't know what a podcast is, I thought was yes. you know, very, very cool. We wanted to make it accessible for people that um, don't know what it is and want to explore it. We, you can't just preach to the choir. And one of the goals of the film is to bring more people into podcasting. And, you know, you've got to bring them in gradually and make sure they understand what it is before and why it means so much to people, you know, before you um, get into any inside jokes or anything like that on the uh, medium. Um, what, uh, now that you're, you're getting to the end of this project, at least in a lot of ways, uh, do you have your sights set on another film or what, what's kind of the next major project? Yes, uh, this film... Uh, the goal is for this film to kind of kick off our production slate. We have a lot of other scripts and a lot of other projects kind of either in development or written and ready to go. And our goal is to shoot uh, one movie a month. We want to kind of follow, excuse me, one movie a year. One movie a month would be too much. We're not Roger Corbin's studio. Oh, that would be a lot. Um, so what we want to do is kind of follow the model we used for the festival where we kickstarted the first one just to get us started and now every year we don't have to kickstart anymore each year supports the the uh the previous previous year supports the following year and uh we want to do that uh with the films great sounds like a good plan as long as we keep the budgets low you know there's less risk (laughs) excellent it looks like uh after two years in santa monica now two years here you may be maxing out the capacity in the soft hotel for some of these events that is entirely possible so we will have that discussion uh after this festival (laughs) all right chris thanks for talking to us great to be here uh, great to be here too so thanks again for the festival and uh all the work you've done for it thank you bye-bye
You've been listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, and on SoundCloud. You can also hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at MA at SuckatashShow.com or call into the Suckatash hotline at our non-toll-free call number 818-921-7212 Suckatash is produced and engineered with the kind assistance of Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito home of the hit our associate producer is Tyson Saner our musical director is Scott Carvey our booth assistant is Kenny Durgins until next time, I am your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the succotage. Goodbye.